person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where you're so vain, I bet you think this podcast's about you. <laughs> <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used or maybe abused. And of course, the the shenanigans! shenanigans! Yay, shenanigans! (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we'll be talking about a rom-com classic, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And since this is our Valentine's Day episode, we decided we needed a little extra love, and so we have invited our very first ever guest. Yes. Joining us today, welcome. It's totally a coincidence. (laughs) Here's Andy. Our resident androgynous Andy. Hello. (laughs) Um, So happy to be here. This is is such a a wonderful little treat, little Valentine treat for me. (laughs) So speaking of Valentine's Day, this is our Valentine's episode, and it drops the day after Valentine's Day. So how do all of us celebrate Valentine's Day? Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, So I actually have a Valentine's Day tradition that I normally do. Mm -hmm. So for most of my Valentine's Day and my adult years, um, I'm usually single. So what I normally do is I will go out, get myself a nice bottle of wine, make myself a wonderful meal, usually shrimp scampi. Yes. Maybe have like a, a nice bath during the day. Oh, Love decadent. That. And then I normally watch the movie Ever After. Oh, fun. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite movies. But I don't know that that's necessarily considered a rom-com. I think it may be too depressing for a rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I normally watch a rom-com for Valentine's Day. And it's wonderful. I just like, I just treat myself. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I guess, like, I don't do things on Valentine's Day. And I think that's a product of working in restaurants for as long as I have. Mm-hmm. I don't love a forced prefix. That makes a lot of sense. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> I want a full menu, thank you very much. So we wait until, like, the day after or, like, the weekend after because it's always a crazy day anyway. And I don't like getting rushed in and out. I like to take my time with the meal. Thank you. Take smaller bites. (laughs) I've also never had a Valentine on Valentine's Day. And I don't think even if I had one, I'd be into, like, a prefix restaurant thing or the teddy bears or the 12 dozen roses or whatever the case may be. But you do know I love a holiday And I do love any excuse to bake some themed stuff. So if I'm involved in a show or an office or whatever it is that I'm busy with, you can best believe I will be making some themed holiday treats. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I guess like we should let everyone know, we definitely asked Andy 
what she would want to do if she came onto the show. So yes. if you were going to be a guest, what movie did you want to do? And then we already did that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so unfortunately, she didn't get to join us for You've Got Mail. Yeah. Oh, I would have had some things to say. <laughs> yeah. We'd actually just recorded the episode after we'd spoken to Andy about being on the show. And I said, I'm so sorry. We literally recorded that episode the day before. Literally. <laughs> but if there's anything else that you want to talk about, you're more than welcome. And so Andy presented us with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. After we had already picked it as one of the duos, yes. too. So that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I picked this movie because it's a fun ride. So many shenanigans. The shenanigans are built into the premise. Oh, yes. I love me some Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love me some Katherine Hahn. Yes. And I also, I have a soft spot for movies where the main character, who's a woman, has my name because I... <laughs> <laughs> like growing up, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of main characters who who also had the name Andy because it's such an androgynous name. There's a character in the Goonies. There's Pretty in Pink. And then I remember like when I was a teenager and this came out, I, I was like, oh my God, the main character's name was Andy. <laughs> I'm dead. So I, it's just a fun ride. I think there's even a joke referenced in the movie. One of Benjamin's friends is like Andy and he's like, I eat. <laughs> so there's a joke about it as well. There is. Oh, I am a Obsessed. I can't believe part of the reason for this pick is I bet you think this film is about you almost. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's also, it's just, it's a fun ride. I, I remember yes. watching this movie as a teenager and I think I at one point had the gold dress Dead. that she wears. Yes. I, I, I had like, no like, way. like a similar version. I think I like wore what? it to a homecoming yes. or something like that. Iconic. <laughs> yes. Oh, that dress is stunning. Okay. And so we are going to ask all our guests this. Andy, could you please tell us some of your favorite and least favorite tropes in the rom-com genre? So not all of these tropes will apply like to, to this movie, but I think honestly my favorite trope of the rom-com genre is the third act love declaration. <laughs> And it's usually like guy runs after the girl at the end and makes a big speech to get her back, mm-hmm. usually in some inconvenient byway of transportation. <laughs> yep. Q 90s rock song or 2000s pop punk song. Yes, 90s rock song. <laughs> yep. And we definitely have that in this movie. <laughs> Including the impractical vehicle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's usually in some very inconvenient byway of transportation, an airport, in this case, a bridge. Lady, this is a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Cabby, you are correct. Great music choice with this one. Follow you down. It's classic. <laughs> it's a it's a great little sequence and would piss off a lot of New Yorkers. <laughs> I love me a love anthem, so kudos on the song choice. Yeah. Jasmine and I do love a on the nose soundtrack choice. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's my favorite trope of the rom-com world. My Least favorite trope is the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't like that. It just never makes sense. Well, not that it doesn't make sense. It's it's usually in service of the guy's story. Yeah. And like for his character development. And I feel like if you're going to be a rom-com, like you have two leads, you know? Yeah. You got to make sure that we're invested in both of their growths as human beings. Yeah. You know, which I actually think this movie does really 
well. Mm-hmm. I think both of the characters are very equal in this movie as far as like how manipulative they are. Yes. <laughs> confident both of them are. I think this movie actually treats both of our main characters as full human beings, which I like. I super appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. it's true. I feel like we get equally their work environments. We see both of their bosses. We see their best friends. We see how they move in their careers. Like they do really make an effort to flesh out the worlds of both of these characters. Speaking of our characters, maybe we should give a plot synopsis. Sounds good. So we have Andy Anderson, our resident how-to girl at Composure magazine. Her latest column is the title of the movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which is meant to show women what not to do when dating. Meanwhile, Benjamin Berry is a ad man who is challenged to make a woman fall in love with him to prove he can handle an important client's account. They pick each other up at a bar and shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans. Yes, they do. Which, hold on. Okay. Just, can we talk about, this is the first built-in shenanigan. Okay. <laughs> Their names. Their names. Andy Anderson. Yep. And Benjamin Barry. Yep. The which, like, alliteration okay. is amazing. I love alliteration. If we're going to go down that path, why isn't his name Benjamin Benson? Yep. Can we just go full tilt, please? <laughs> Andy Anderson, Benjamin Benson. (laughs) No, you're not wrong. Which also, so our leads, Matthew McConaughey is Benjamin Barry and Kate Hudson is Andy Anderson. Fun half-assed internet research, Gwyneth Paltrow almost got cast. Oh, wow. Instead of Kate Hudson. Yeah. And it would have been an entirely different movie. Yeah. If she was playing the lead. I would have hated that movie. Apparently there were scheduling conflicts because she had to do view from the top, which I think good casting choices on both parts, like those movies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what a wildly different movie this would have been if Gwyneth Paltrow was the lead. Oof, that would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. I feel like this would have been another salt fest for me because oh, yeah. I truly <laughs> cannot stand that woman. Well, also because like the, the, and I'm I'm right there with you, Jazz. I, I, I don't care. Oh. But I, I love the, the chemistry that Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey bring uh, to this. They're both both so incredibly charming yeah. and their their charm together works beautifully. Their chemistry is palpable. It is so good. Yes. That's why we've got them two episodes in a row. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like to quickly go over the tropes. You've got dating for a bet, female leads working at a magazine, seeing the family and having a change of heart. One of the leads has never brought someone home. We've got the incredible best friends on both sides. Fantastic. There's a montage, a classic airport chase, but before they get to the airport. And we've got the grand romantic gesture of writing a public piece as an apology. Also, there's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Crawl. I love this dog and I don't... Oh boy, we'll get there. Okay, so... (laughs) So, as Andy has said, the entire conceit of the movie is a shenanigan, and we will get into the shenanigans later. Oh yeah. But part of it is the dating for a bet. So for those of you who haven't watched the movie, 
boy vey. I mean, so messy, so many HR problems, so many moral issues. <laughs> the moral like, how issues. are both the bosses allowing this to happen? Um, capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy's friend Michelle has just gone through a breakup, and Andy has said she is going to do all the quote bad things that women do that drive men away. Meanwhile, we have Benjamin who's trying to prove that he can handle the Delorier diamond account <laughs> by proving that he can make a woman fall in love with him. So it's all yeah. very messy. Who even knows what making a woman fall in love with you has to do with diamonds or luxury? I Honestly, okay. it's plot shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> like how? That, that scene is probably the only scene that I found truly kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> Be- because like, there's this long shot on one of the Judy's like chest because she's wearing like a necklace, like a diamond necklace. Oh my word. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is horrible. But that that was really kind of the only shot where I was like, this did not age well. <laughs> but I think, okay, so she says selling a diamond to a woman is like making her fall in love. She has to feel giddy, desirous, adventurous, and desperate yeah what the desperate what (laughs) yeah like i just wrote down this is a ridiculous conversation and these women are ridiculous but it's ridiculous because like they're still in a patriarchal world yeah she's like stroking the necklace you shot on her chest (laughs) it just makes me wonder like do you need to be desperate to fall in love is that what she's saying Uh, kind kind of you need to be desperate for these diamonds i don't yeah the whole i can't say i've ever been desperate for a diamond (laughs) luxury product i don't know yeah the whole premise of how they're pushing the diamonds it's associated with love doesn't make sense the frost yourself uh, was also so frost just, yourself i mean it led to a laugh out loud <laughs> moment when benjamin's boss shouts out the window women of new york frost yourself go f yourself <laughs> i literally the second i've never watched this movie before and the second matthew mcconaughey said women want to be frosted they should go frost themselves. And I was like, go frost yourself. I said it out loud in a New York accent. Which um, I think that's probably the only accurate New York thing yeah. in this movie. Because like another problem I had. Okay, so Kate Hudson is going back to her friend's place to take her back to work for a meeting that's in 20 minutes. They work in Times Square. Where do these people- 15 li- minutes. They took a 15 minute cab. Where are they living? It takes you 20 minutes just to get to the subway. Like, Why where- did they write it like Where do these people live? (laughs) Infuriating. I wrote that down too. (laughs) So anyway, all we really need to know is that Kate Hudson is trying to push Matthew McConaughey away and Matthew McConaughey is trying to keep her. So that, of course, leads to a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. Him tolerating a lot of things that he should not have. Way more than anyone who'd ever been in a relationship for a year would tolerate oh yeah because some of the stuff is just wild it's funny because i've never watched this before and so i found the first six days entirely cringeworthy i was uncomfortable (laughs) for the entire first six days of their relationship i mean it's supposed to be cringeworthy though (laughs) i hated it so much i was like this is so uncomfortable how are they gonna come back from this they have amazing chemistry (laughs) that's how they come back 
They really do. It's designed to fail, but against all odds, they fall in love. They make it work. <laughs> Them and their love fern. Love fern. <laughs> Jasmine also hated it. The love fern. I mean, I hated it because I loved it. I was just like, this is mad well, funny and also so uncomfortable. <laughs> it also led to one of my favorite exchanges. Kate Hudson is like, a love fern died. And Matthew McConaughey is like, no, it's just sleeping. Yeah, you killed our love fern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so with the setup, right? This is so like early 2000s. They're like so blatant with their setup mm-hmm. with the characters, right? Like in the first five minutes, they establish that like, oh, the female lead, she's smart. She loves sports, but also likes fashion. She's a cool girl. Like she's clearly they a catch. They didn't set that up well enough for me either. <laughs> yeah. And then Matthew McConaughey is like the bad boy who rides a motorcycle. I can't. <laughs> he gets into the office and changes like, in view for everyone to watch. Ogle his bare chest. <laughs> also, his office was masculine with a pool table in the middle and the dark brown fixings and the dark green walls. Just like juxtaposed yeah. against Andy's magazine, which is light, open space, white everywhere. That was one of the things that I didn't love about that intro was they broke the show me, don't tell me rule. Mm-hmm. With her love for politics, we never actually see her discuss politics that's true yeah ever there's no other lead up it's unnecessary she could want to write about sports she's into sports and we actually see that happening and things i just thought it was a really bizarre that would have made a lot more sense i guess yeah we needed it because she needed to fly to dc so okay (laughs) you make a good point though that she'd want to write about sports in a woman's magazine which i suppose is still somehow taboo And that would have made a lot more sense for the character because it shows her really being into sports. Yeah. Whereas we don't see her talking about politics at all. We never see her talk about Tajikistan ever again, except for like (laughs) the first two minutes. And in the most pretentious possible way, like the ending line is like, and this is why I don't think that peace is possible in this decade from my own personal, like, girl, have you even been there? Yeah. (laughs) What is happening? Your peace? is like making me uncomfortable as a person of color. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird intro for her. Okay, let's just talk yeah. about the article she's going to well, write. Well, that does tie in nicely with the trope of the female lead working at a magazine. I don't think we've spoken about this yet before, but how there are just a couple of professions that the female lead can have in a rom-com. Oh, yeah. Bakers. Editors. Writers. Small shop owners. Wedding planners. <laughs> On the flip side of that, I think with men in rom-coms, especially in this era, they can only be admin or architects. Yes. <laughs> yes. The architects. I would love to see a rom-com with two of the leads in STEM. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be great. <laughs> or like this guy's a construction worker. It's New York. Yeah. <laughs> Something like normal. <laughs> Which, which, like, okay, so Andy Anderson, she went to grad school at Columbia, right? So she's Mm -hmm. probably giving her the benefit of the doubt, maybe 24, 25. Yeah. And she's working at, like, one of the top fashion magazines in New York and lives in the apartment that she does. Unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, that's a really fast yeah. jump start of a career, even having gone to an Ivy. She's she's got some connections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't hear anything about her family, so maybe one of her parents owns Composure. Who knows? 
And then, okay, so on the flip side of that, when Matthew McConaughey first comes on screen, I literally wrote down, he's so young, has his balls dropped yet? (laughs) (laughs) But he also looks like he's never aged. Right, both are true. Two things can be true at the same time. He went from being that age to then just going straight Silver Fox, I guess. Like, I don't know what the deal is. (laughs) There was no transitionary period. We are in the year 2003 in this movie, and so this movie is 20 years old. Oh, geez. Jesus. Don't say that. That hurts me. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I do think, though, that this movie is like kind of at the end of the golden age of rom-coms. Yeah. I think around the mid-2000s, we see a shift. Yeah into I guess more realistic or more I don't know not so much like soft focus and um soft focus although it has a comeback it's making a comeback yeah oh it is (laughs) yeah I think around 2006 we move into the Judd Apatow era of rom-coms which is like oh we end up with like very broy knocked up very raunchy Um, the breakup you right very schlubby guys and so I think we shift into that and I think rom-coms are starting to make a bit of a comeback back to like early 2000-esque. Back into deep shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. Deep shenanigan territory. Montages. <laughs> <laughs> that montage at the beginning, by the way, delicious. So much fun. Exposition montage. Awesome. <laughs> Love a good exposition montage yes i was really into it also at the very very top yeah i do love the way that they introduced all of the friends for both sides i feel like they were incredibly well fleshed out as far as personality types and i have a lot of fun with those side characters for sure Uh, love Catherine hahn um amen Catherine hahn yes i love Uh, Catherine hahn i love oh Oh, she's such a hot mess incredibly delusional i just needed to give her a hug and a fluffy (laughs) fluffy billy also like uh katherine hahn you can be my couples therapist any day of the week gosh that was so good that was so good i wrote down my favorite quote for her was you only dated the guy a week and she responds it was the best week of my life (laughs) oh girl what a mess she's the kind of characters who the line oh honey was invented for. Yeah. Like, truly. Oh, honey, baby. Oh, honey, sweetie. <laughs> We're working with a lot of characters mm-hmm. and, like, not a lot of time to give all these characters full lives. Yeah, for sure. And I really feel like we got to know who these people were, which, like, kudos, because it doesn't happen all the time. I feel like these are these are pretty good side characters, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like... Delightfully so. Ben's friends are idiots. <laughs> Um. <laughs> right, which in and of itself, what a shenanigan. The Judys. The Judys have like a wicked stepsister vibe to them. I love that. <laughs> the Judys. <laughs> like their their whole dynamic within the office is, is great. I love the scene where they're talking about how the article is going and yes. Andy's just stuffing her face yes. with a burger. I love real eating in a movie. I love a good like face stuff button on a scene. Yes. <laughs> Even the bosses are really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I might mispronounce her name, but Andy's boss. Amazing. Talk about stealing a scene. Bebe Newworth? Oh, I know her as Lilith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's got a, a few great one-liners. Like, yes. I love her reasoning for why it's 10 days. Yeah, yeah. We go to print in 11, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No chill at all. Love this boss. She's great. <laughs> oh, so good. 
I guess, you know, there's a couple more little tropes before we move on to shenanigans. I for sure want to discuss uh, Matthew McConaughey bringing Kate back home to meet his family. <laughs> um, okay, really quick. Mm-hmm. I was deeply irritated by, number one, him calling the Knicks the Knickerbockers at the very beginning. Yeah, I got kind of confused about that, actually. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No one would ever say that unless they were like, the Knickerbockers are entering the playoffs. Like, they're doing it ironically. If you're not doing it in an old-timey radio voice, then why have you said it like that? And the Knickerbockers have made yes. it to the... <laughs> No one says that. It's so funny because <laughs> I then went and looked it up to see when the Knicks like was shortened from the Knickerbockers and it was in 1946. See? That tracks. So I'm like, <laughs> what is with this weird choice by the screenwriters? No one says the Knickerbockers. <laughs> no one. And so I already was like, this is very weird and uncomfortable. You're not from New York. And then like, we're going to go meet the family, not like a cousin who lives <laughs> in Staten Island or Jersey or Long Island. No, 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 no. We're going to go meet his mother who owns a house in Staten Island and also has an accent from Texas? Absolutely not. Yeah, okay. Can we talk about that? How (laughs) his whole family lives in Staten Island and yet they all have Southern accents? No, no, no. The cousin who's a cop sounds like he's from here, which tracks. So funny. (laughs) That's it, though. Jasmine was so pressed. This drove me bonkers. I said, I think what happened was... They wanted to hire Matthew McConaughey for this role. Obviously. And they were like, uh, plot, we'll just give everyone Southern accents, but plot requires them to live on Staten Island, so that's what's gonna happen. They even gave their family's ranch house in Staten Island a feeding <laughs> bell. Like, he, like, goes outside and rings the feeding bell. I was like, what is... This isn't Texas. If you wanted her to meet his family and you still want him to be from Texas, just really simple. We're going to go to my cousin's house, not my mom's house. Mm. You know what I have to say to all of that? Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. I am obsessed with that entire scene. That was super fun. And if you've watched this movie on a plane, you will miss the scene. The scene is not in a movie on the plane. Wait, what? Yeah. Then... Then the movie doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, maybe they are now, but like back in the day. I feel like bullshit's allowed now. Yeah. (laughs) That scene is so fun. We play that game a lot and it's a lot of fun. I haven't played it in years. It will test your relationships with people, but like, oh my goodness, so much fun. (laughs) Which I'm surprised that like, okay, so if if Ben is so good at reading people Mm -hmm. and calling bullshit... How is he not able to call bullshit on Andy this whole time? Seriously. (laughs) I guess he does reference it a bunch of times where he says, what happened to the really sexy Andy I met on that first day? That's true. But now he's Hmm. just doing this and he keeps muscling through this relationship for the sake of his contract. Love is blind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably not using all his faculties of deduction because he's just so focused on winning the bet. Yeah. So maybe he's letting a lot more things slide. But you are right, Jasmine. He does call it out a couple of times. I also do like that on Andy's side, she's starting to be like, what is with this guy? Yeah. Why is he not 
getting rid of me what is up with this like i do like that she does that which okay so this this might like help me segue into a point i wanted to make i actually think that this movie does a really good job of pointing out the things that women actually do that are like messed up Mm. in relationships or in like trying to bag a guy you know like the baby talk and like doing the photo album of like what they would look like if they're married and like have kids and like moving in all of her shit mm-hmm. and gate crashing poker night like that's sadly like a lot of women in their 20s when they're like figuring shit out yeah. do that insecurity plays yeah insecurity plays and on the flip side of that like Matthew McConaughey's character does a lot of the shit that men think that women want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Him being on the motorcycle and thinking he's hot shit and her just being like, ugh, I don't want to get on this motorcycle (laughs) at the beginning. She did not want to get on that bike. That was so funny. And then he takes her to get really messy seafood. I thought that was a super bizarre place to take someone to eat. It's a weird first date. Very weird. Right? Okay. They have a one word ping pong conversation at the bar and then he takes her to go get lobster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think it's funny. I was proven wrong because I remembered it incorrectly. But so they have lobster on their first date. And then he cooks lamb for her. Mm -hmm. And she says that she she doesn't doesn't eat meat. meat. And I thought that she just said she was a vegetarian. And I was like, wait, but you just had lobster. Right. I was also wondering about that. And they do it right after she's been whole facing a giant hamburger. (laughs) Yes. And then they show her at that restaurant also, like, eating a burrito, I think it was. Oh, yeah, at the vegan restaurant. That's funny. Yes, when she's in the back watching the game and just, like, chowing down on, (laughs) I think it's a burrito. Something like that. And out front, she just has a bowl of plain barley dead. (laughs) 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 Which, okay, so, like, the the lamb meal and at the vegan restaurant have two fake sobs. (laughs) from her i counted i was like how many fake sobs are we gonna watch in this movie and there are four. Oh, where are the other two tell us tell us oh, tell us i'm trying to remember i love that you were tracking oh yeah i started tracking them oh god what was it obsessed thank you andy absolutely these are the critical pieces of information we're missing when we're recording by ourselves yes this is why we need a guest so there's one when she's like i don't eat meat and then there's the one at the vegan restaurant where she's like my boyfriend thinks i'm fat (laughs) um i think there's one before that i'm i'm like not remembering it though and then i think the other one is when she like storms out after crashing the poker night Mm -hmm. yeah the thing where she's like you let our love fern die or whatever (laughs) i'm taking this love fern with me yeah (laughs) and then our favorite quote andy if you want to give that one yes the wait the first time she says i love you yes yeah which i also think is bizarre like it's like day six yeah and they don't say it again in the movie oh they don't i didn't even realize that they don't say it again like she says it in the article that she writes the apology article at the end where she's like i've fallen in love with this guy but they don't say it to each other yeah the only i love you in the movie is when she storms out of the poker night she takes the love fern. Does parkour down the fire escape. <laughs> yeah. Does parkour Cirque du Soleil down the fire escape, which Wild. no person in New York is even capable of doing. No, you're getting arrested <laughs> if you try to do that. And then she goes, Benny, I love you, but I don't have to like you right now. <laughs> 
why doesn't he at that point go, I've won the bet? <laughs> right? No, he's got to go on the date. She has to be at the event. He's got to prove it at the diamond event. Goodness. And then he's he's trying so hard in that scene to say the word therapist. <laughs> it pained him. I mean, I do have to say, I'll give credit to his henchmen idiots mm-hmm. that like they came up with the couple's therapy. Yeah. They did. Right? They were backing their guy. They really wanted him to win that account. And he was gonna literally refer to his personal therapist that the guy uses with his own wife. Yeah. It was like really sweet. I will <laughs> give them points for that. Matthew McConaughey, he's like trying to get the word out of his mouth. In this <laughs> Let's go see a th- th- therapist. <laughs> But in general, I got to give him points for like, he's trying so hard not to be an asshole throughout all of this. Yeah. And he fails sometimes as well. Just the two of them in general, I know that it's supposed to be scaring him off, not assholey, and he's supposed to be getting her to fall for him, but also not assholey. But at the end of the day, the manipulation is so rough on both ends. On both their parts. They're both, they're, they're both like master manipulators. But I got to say, Kate Hudson, oof, she Wowie pulls wow. out the stops Diabolical. with her Diabolical. manipulative shenanigans. She makes him blow his nose in front of the guys oh. and holds the tissue for him and i love the moment before because the moment before she goes and grabs the tissue box and i see the look on her face why does she look so pained why does she look like she can't believe what's gonna happen and yeah. i was very confused and then she walks over to blow his nose for him and i was like oh no 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 <laughs> she then goes and checks the tissue that he blows his nose into <gasps> and says oh, no. white healthy boy truly wait, that wait, just wait, added on. extra <laughs> awkwardness and cringiness to that moment i have a comment about that okay, so yeah, yeah. is it she's not she's not calling him a white healthy boy she's no 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 the no, snot, the white. snot. <laughs> yeah okay, okay. <laughs> i somehow missed that or i blacked out because i don't remember that at all <laughs> And then she proceeds to like have the balled up tissue in her hand and tap, I think it's Tony, on the shoulder with it. No. (laughs) Especially in COVID times. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Real talk. Of all of the (laughs) tactics that she pulls in this, what's the worst one? What would be the deal breaker for you? (laughs) It's a good question. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) Because I have it written down. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go, go. Okay, I think. Calling the mom. Oh, <gasps> calling the mom. Yeah. Involving Ooh. the parents. <laughs> yeah. Without his knowledge. And like, how did she even get that number? I have no idea. I don't know. Impressive. And getting the key to his apartment. Oof. Like, without his permission. Oh, gosh. Yep. The key, I think, is the one. Yeah. yeah. That would have been the deal mm-hmm. breaker mm-hmm. for me. Like, like real deal the key breakers. Is mad creepy. <laughs> yeah. I've known you less than a week and you've somehow wrangled a key to my apartment. Like, Mm-mm. that would be, I'd be running. <laughs> um, but like, silly shit. I think the blowing the nose and then like buying the dog and making him take care of it, that's just wild. Yep. I, I, I would be like, what world am I in now with this person? The dog that pees on the felt all the time. Maybe he thinks it's grass. This dog was <laughs> yeah. so weird. I literally wrote down purse dog. Whose dog is that? I started freaking out. I was like, you don't have a dog. Where, whose dog is this? And the fact, like you said, that it shows up and it just now it's 
Matthew McConaughey's dog that lives in his apartment. <laughs> I, I love that he feeds the dog beer, though. He's just so fed up. He's... And then he came back from the shops oh. and, like, went out and got a whole bunch of dog crap after Kate just, like, gave him the dog. Yep. The fact that he accepted <laughs> the dog in the first place, I was yeah. like, oh, my word. That's so sweet. <laughs> but why have you... Okay. Yes. For me, one of my favorite <laughs> moments, and I feel like should have been his deal breaker moment, is mm-hmm. the... <laughs> The sequence where he's in the bathroom washing his face and then the horror movie noise starts to play and he reaches and the towel is pink and has lace and he looks into the medicine cabinet and there's a perfectly placed and positioned vagisil and then everything goes to hell. I was like, oh my God, I can't. This is literally no, 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 no. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. The call's coming from inside the house. Get out, Matt. Get out. (laughs) Right. Are there any more tropes that we want to cover? I think we've touched lightly on the dramatic chase on the bridge. Oh, yeah. That's a total shenanigan, though, if we want to just start right in on that. So many shenanigans. Like, the fact that he finds her to begin with how like how we don't have gps like that yet because it's matthew mcconaughey on a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) also is like new york in 2003 the total of five blocks like is this what's happening so he just like picked what he thought was the best route and zoomed up next to every single cab looked in and then zoomed off to the next what what well and they're ostensibly going from midtown to the manhattan bridge yeah which that takes forever. They traverse like half the island before he finds her. On the also, bridge. how do we? Did they say which airport she was going to? Yeah, there's three. I think I think one of her friends said she was going to JFK. Okay. Oh, did they? Okay. Oh, I missed that. Just making sure. I think. I'm. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> then why are we on the Manhattan Bridge? That's how you get to LaGuardia. Oh, I know. <laughs> Shenanigans all the way. It's a it's a great third act love declaration chase though. <laughs> and he brings the love fern. Yes, and I love the power move of he has got like straight up cash in his hand he gives it to the cab he's like bring the lady's luggage back to her place she has other transportation all right stop get out of here i also love just before that when he goes to try and find her at her office yes he clocks Catherine hahn and he's like you owe me 300 bucks yeah that was such a good callback Okay, so let's get deep into those shenanigans. Definitely hit a bunch of them already. (laughs) Because as we've said, the whole movie is a shenanigan. So it's almost impossible to talk about this movie without talking about shenanigans. Seriously. So I guess we can just pick up a couple that we didn't talk about already. (laughs) So this really, really bothered me too. You can't give somebody a motorcycle lesson on a boardwalk. You can't take motorcycles on a boardwalk, period. You can if you're Matthew McConaughey. What? (laughs) Okay, cowboy. This is why he's from Texas. He's not from Staten Island. It's dangerous. So fun, like, little anecdote. So, like, as I was preparing to watch this movie, I was like, isn't there a scene where he, like, teaches her how to sail? And I was totally confusing it with failure to launch. (laughs) 
Uh... <laughs> and then I looked up the, the movie posters for both of them. They're pretty much the They're exact the same. same. Poster. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because I was going to submit that it should be a trope that Matthew McConaughey teaches women how to sail. Or just teaches them anything. Matthew McConaughey does teach people how to do things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. Which is a trope that we actually missed. So good catch. Someone teaching someone how to do something. Every movie is just Matthew McConaughey kind of falling over and women propping him up. That's just... Yeah. <laughs> so yes, this this entire movie is just shenanigan after shenanigan after uh, shenanigan. Absolutely. I think when you, we really get into the shenanigans is the next game. <laughs> oh no, this hurt me so bad. <laughs> Which like, I will say, it is masterful when she starts the flip of going from cool girl to annoying girl yep. with the Diet Coke yeah. thing. She paces it out so well. <laughs> she does. The way she asks is so nice. Yeah. To start with, Maddie, I'm thirsty. And we have the whole shenanigans with the guy not understanding <laughs> what he wants. Taking too long. Yes. You know, for 20 cents more, you can get a jumbo. <laughs> and then, Ben, it's not diet. Yes. It's not diet. <laughs> At this point, all right, if I was Matthew McConaughey in this position, and maybe this makes me a shitty person, but like you have what a minute left in the game yeah. i'd like stand at the top of the stairs yeah watch the rest of the game yeah. and then go get her soda i mean <laughs> we are like what this is day two day three i think i think it's day two because she left the purse the night before and that would have given me the ick already maybe i'm too quick to get the ick no that would have totally given me the ick yeah right. which again masterful move. this is a playoff <laughs> game for the knicks who don't yeah. make the playoffs as much as they should for how much money they have this is a rare moment in time <laughs> you do not leave the last minute are you crazy i'm not even that into sports and it would have given me the ick because it would have just been irritating oh yeah no absolutely not like you can't wait a minute do you really need it right this second i i think i so i watched this movie with my girlfriend while I was taking notes and I think I even said that where I was like I would have just stayed at the top of the stairs before getting you a drink and she was like no that that I get that right I get that yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally that would have been a reasonable response any person who would insist is like mm-hmm. that's not Ooh. No. <laughs> the shenanigans with the Knicks does lead to a really great shenanigan as well where Ben is getting a little bit tired of Andy and he says he needs to work or whatever and Andy's like oh but I have tickets. I have such great tickets. Like, Close you can... enough you can smell the sweat. Smash cut to Celine Dion concert. I loved it. Also in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> His body language coming out of that concert says everything that you need to know he's just like in a daze and like holding his chest and he's just like i cannot believe the night i just had where am i (laughs) and then we have the you're so vain sequence the beginning part and then the the callback and everyone who's been listening knows my soul left my entire body in the callback with the public duet oh boy to the point where I've watched this movie many times and in subsequent rewatches of this movie, I skip over that section because I can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> I actually said to Jasmine, I'm going to watch this. I'm, I'm a, a professional. professional. <laughs> she texted <Yes>. me. 
I will watch this scene. Which, okay, so this, like, oh my god, this party. There's so much shit going on, which it should. It's mm-hmm. the third act climax, right? Yeah. Okay, so you got the Judy's having, like, wicked stepsister vibes. Yeah. And then- The Delowers. Oh god, the Delowers. <laughs> Ben's friends are being such idiots. Oh my goodness. The whole advertising crew, like, this is such high school type shenanigans, right? <laughs> and all I have to say is, like, god bless everyone at this party for having to put up with all of this. Yep. Especially with the public duet. Also, Andy's sitting there. She's had like five glasses of champagne. I was tracking that as well. Before Ben can even get back to her with the one glass that he was getting for her. Right. And then, bold move for her to get up on stage. Is she drunk? She's totally drunk. She has to be drunk at this point. 100%. (laughs) She's definitely drunk. And she's feeling bitter from the reveal. Which, by the way, that simultaneous reveal of both of them being shady fuckers is beautifully executed (laughs) yeah although i will say it takes lana so long to figure out that he's the guy (laughs) she's smarter than that okay (laughs) but we need it it's so delicious (laughs) the moment that he says i need to get back to that beautiful woman in yellow over there it should have clicked for her already yeah oh my gosh and then she should have stopped talking to him right then god bless everyone at that party though (laughs) and especially the piano player yes Oh my goodness. Wild. Can you imagine being a guest at that party? Not just a guest, an award-winning Broadway composer. (laughs) And Benjamin's just like, just work with me, man, okay? This isn't one of my songs. (laughs) They do some great, like, on-the-spot rewrites of the lyrics, though. They do. The rewrite was incredible. Rhyming and everything. And also, can I just say that Mrs. DeLauer is literally the kind of energy I want to be when I'm older. I'm trying to be that woman in New York City at that age with this weird-ass headpiece, overly excited during this whole messy shenanigan. So funny. She was enjoying the song. When they finally cut to when they're filming the Diamonds commercial, and and she's in the di- I oh my god I forgot that that was in there and I just wrote down like this is the cheesiest worst diamond commercial that I have ever seen these people are bad at their jobs yeah Benjamin can't do his job he should yeah. never have gotten this this is terrible also he's not even the one who came up with frost yourself and he did yep so like clearly this guy sucks at his job <laughs> the worst but the working title for this movie must have been bullshit <laughs> Bullshit. (laughs) So good. Oh, there's so many shenanigans in this movie, so I'm sure we've missed some. So please let us know some of your favorite ones that we've missed. Ooh, before we totally move on, yeah. Um, we should just quickly mention the two beautiful moments of soft focus. Soft focus. (laughs) (laughs) It was a soft focus. Next tickets. Soft focus, Nick's tickets. And <laughs> soft focus on the bridge. They're kissing. Soft focus. Soft focus. Bridge kissing. I love soft focus. <laughs> so many. Jasmine got so excited. She texted me and she was like, ah, a 
Is that a NYX ticket soft focus? I did. I feel like there was some soft focus moments when they're in the bathroom too at his parents' house. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, and it's like steaming and shit. Which, Steam, like, how do they get their focus. clothes off like that? There's no way that anyone gets their clothes off that smoothly. No way. I mean, I guess maybe if you're Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. But... <laughs> <laughs> He's well versed at taking his clothes off. Yes. But the first moment that they're going to be intimate and the first sexual encounter they're actually having is in his mother's bathroom. I was thinking about that as well. No. No. Your mom is downstairs. Your entire family. Including your cop cousin. (laughs) I can't. So, oh gosh. Okay, so yeah. So many other shenanigans, but... I feel like we've barely (laughs) scraped the surface. Yeah. But we'll move on yes. to the fun fab fail. Andy, as our special guest, would you like to go first on your personal opinion of fun fab fail? Yeah. Surely. So I think this movie is just fun. <laughs> I think it's a fun time. My general philosophy about movies, especially yeah. ones made for like blockbuster, is that like once you accept what the movie is, <laughs> like you can enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? And I think this one sets it up perfectly because the whole premise is just nothing but shenanigans. You're like, okay, I know what I'm going to get. This is just going to be a fun ride. And it is. I wouldn't say it's like over the top fabulous <laughs> but it's just like a fun time so that's my verdict <laughs> yeah so i guess i've waffled a little bit on my opinion i think i i feel like i want to give it a fine just because i don't think i would seek this movie out to watch again there are tons and tons of fun moments and i think once we get towards the end where Everyone has to face the consequences of this really bizarre, awful thing that they've done to one another. It feels like at least that's satisfactory enough that we shouldn't be manipulating people and their emotions like that for a week straight. But it still was one of those things where because I haven't watched this movie before and I'm watching it very grown, it was super uncomfortable for me to watch them be so terrible and still be on their team, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And and I guess this is what I was trying to say earlier, where it's like, I think the movie does a really good job of like, they're both shady as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they also both have like redeeming qualities to them. Like For Matthew sure. McConaughey isn't a complete asshole. Neither is, <laughs> neither is Kate Hudson. No. no, they both have career goals, which is mm-hmm. why they're doing this thing. Yeah. I think what makes it bizarre is that like at the end they live happily ever after, but it's always the lies that they don't actually know each other. (laughs) How could they possibly recover from all of the deceit? That was my big thing too. They're breaking up in a year. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it it was bordering on fun, but I think I was just too uncomfortable for the first half. (laughs) That's fair. Like we've had this conversation about so 13 going on 30 was our first fab. But it's a movie that Jasmine and I are both super familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so I said, there's no way to know because there's no way to erase our memories and rewatch this movie. I don't know if we were coming to that movie fresh as adults, if we would have been too creeped out with the whole 13 year old girl in a grown woman's body. Yeah. To like give that movie a fab. It may have remained in a fun. So that's totally fair. Uh, what about you, Jane? What are your thoughts? So this movie is definitely a fun for me. It is one of the movies I watch for comfort 
except for that one scene that I skip over. (laughs) (laughs) I think like the chemistry between Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson is just so delightful to watch unfold. There are some issues in terms of just how they treat each other, but like I'm definitely rewatching this movie. I'll have fun rewatching this movie. And so for me, it's actually on the high end of fun. Like for me around the same as what we ended up saying for Castle for Christmas. Like I I really like this movie. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to our favorite moment. Yes. Uh... Andy, would you would you like the honors? Oh, am I doing the countdown? Oh, do you want to say the segment? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was getting ahead of myself here. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're doing the give me the cheese, please. Give me the cheese. <laughs> Our very silly segment, which is the whole premise of why we started this in the first place, because rom-coms are cheesy. And cheese is great. (laughs) So so this is the part where all three of us have individually decided what kind of cheese this movie would be. Yes. (laughs) And we don't know each other's answers. No. And we're going to say them at the same time, right? Correct. We're going to do a countdown. (laughs) Yes. All right. I'm going to do the countdown. (laughs) Little drum roll. All right. Yes. Three, two... One. Cream cheese Good with flaming hot cheddar. Oh! It happened. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy it happened. Me too. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of FOMO. Oh. But I'm really I'm so happy. I'm sorry, John. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No. I'm really excited. <laughs> it will happen for us one day as well. It will. It's fine. I have FOMO for like people going to the dentist it's oh. not <laughs> so like jazz you should probably like discuss your cheese with us oh yeah i guess i should go first as the odd person out oh. <laughs> no i'm just it's really fine jade it's funny i know i know but it's just like i don't know how to explain it it's sympathy but i, I don't... promise you i'm laughing i know <laughs> It's more that like I'm in empathy for the quality of FOMO that it is. I know you are not actually in emotional distress. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's, fu- it's <laughs> okay, fine. Good. It's fine. Okay, perfect. So in case my pick got drowned out by the sounds of double cheddar, it is cream cheese oh. with flaming hot Cheetos. Ooh, interesting. So it's mostly about the cream cheese, right? You know, cream cheese is, in my opinion, something that's best in moderation. It's something you can stuff into things, like a popper. Something you put on a bagel, a classically <laughs> New York item, for example. But have you ever had a bagel with too much cream cheese? Yes, it's not pleasant. Yeah, so you know when you take like a big old bite of that bagel and you're like there chewing and the cream cheese is everywhere in your mouth and you're like, oh my god, is this going to be forever? <laughs> I'm only going to taste cream cheese for the rest of my life. For me, that was like how I felt with the first five days of their dating (laughs) so I was very uncomfortable I can't what's happening and then it got really fun and then also I found out that apparently people will like take crunched up flaming hot Cheetos and like mix it with cream cheese like you're making like a lox spread and then put it in a sandwich like people love flaming hot Cheetos and cream cheese together which is like an unlikely combo Mm. which is how I feel about Matthew McConaughey trying to be a New Yorker (laughs) 
Um, it's a good call. So, you know, I'm letting it go because individually I like both of these items a lot. And also, Flaming Hot Cheetos were created in the state of Texas, oh. much like Matthew McConaughey. Wow. <laughs> this is a very thoughtful cheese choice. Thank you. That is my cream cheese and flaming hot Cheetos. Nice. <laughs> I will say, one time I ordered a bacon, egg, and cheese with cream cheese on the bagel, and like I got that feeling of just like everything mm. in your mouth, and you're like, this is too much. Too much. <laughs> you get it. You get it. I've made a mistake. <laughs> Let's hear these cheddars. I, I can't believe that happened. That's so funny. I'm, I feel honored. <laughs> this is the great first guest episode. <laughs> so I went with cheddar because, like, this movie, it's easy. It's fun. It's not offensive, really, if you just accept what the premise is. Mm-hmm. Cheddar is soft, kind of like this movie's focus. <laughs> soft focus. Soft cheddar. It can be nutty at times. You're getting exactly what you expect Mm -hmm. with this movie. And it's family friendly. Like I could watch this with my mom and not feel awkward, I think. And like cheddar can go on just about anything. And that's kind of how I feel like you can put this movie in cheese form on a platter at Thanksgiving dinner and everyone's going to eat it. It's not going to be their go to, but like they'll have fun with it. Yeah. And it's not shredded cheddar because it's not like melty and like ooey gooey cheesy. It's just plain cheddar. Yep. (laughs) It's neutral. Yeah, you touched on quite a few reasons why I will still pick cheddar. So initially I was trying to think of a cheese that had a little bit more cerebral of a quality to it because of the deceptiveness and, yeah, you know, like a whole thing. But Mm. ultimately I settled on cheddar because when you think of cheese, cheddar is one of the cheeses that you mention. It's a cheddar. Everyone knows that cheddar is cheese. Mm-hmm. And this movie, when you think of rom-com, this is one of the examples that people will very readily give. You are always happy to see a block of cheddar. It's not necessarily, as Andy said, your go-to <laughs> cheese. But if you open your fridge and there's a block of cheddar, you're quite happy with how your day is going. You can do a lot with it. It's very comforting. Mm-hmm. Is it the most flashy cheese? No, absolutely not. If you present it with a cheese board, is it the first cheese you're going for? No, not at all. But it is just dependable and reliable and enjoyable. And so that's why I picked cheddar. And you put it in your mouth. You're like, yep, that's cheese. That's a (laughs) rom-com. And it's also not, I want to make this distinction, it's not sharp cheddar. No. Because there's not a whole lot of like witty. It's not spicy. Yeah, it's not spicy. By any means. But it's a fun time. You know you're going to get shenanigans. A mild table cheddar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, Jasmine. Next time we'll get it. It will happen. No, I'm just really happy it happened. I'm really happy it's Andy. I feel so honored and privileged that that happened while I was here for as our the first guest. guest. Are you and kidding? What a treat. I know. It's amazing. I think that gives me points to come on again at some point. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm down for that. This was so much fun, y'all. Aww. Like, I, yeah. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. 
Well, there you have it. That was our discussion of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Let us know your thoughts on the movie, any shenanigans we might have missed, or what cheese you think it is. So, Andy, do you want to be found? And if so, where can people find you? Yeah, I am on some of the socials. I, I guess readily available. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Andy.Lemus, spelled exactly like Andy Anderson's name, i.e. Last name L. <laughs> E-M-U-S. Yeah, give me a, a follow or a, a message, whatever. Yeah, I love meeting new people and stuff and talking about movies. Yeah. <laughs> you can, of course, find us on Instagram at shenanigans and Sue pod, or you can email us at shenanigansinsuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, if you get any Valentine's chocolates... Andy, Andy takes smaller bites, bites tonight. tonight. Bye. 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 <laughs> that was so much fun. Frosting. That's so funny. It's terrible. I keep thinking of cake. Yeah, it just, it the whole frost yourself thing makes me think of like a buttercream frosting. Yeah. Or frosted tips. Yeah. Which, let's not even go there. Because that was in style back then. So, oh, goodness. <laughs>